Hi everyone, Dave Mason here, and before we start the podcast today, I just want to let you know that our podcast today is being brought to us by Grace Fellowship Church in Ephrata, PA, and all of our wonderful supporters. But I wanted to point out Grace Fellowship today, especially because this past week they sent some folks down with literally a truckload of food. They had wanted to do a food drive for us, asked us for a list of the things that we needed, and they followed that list exactly and brought us all kinds of wonderful food items that we're going to be able to use to prepare meals for our Marines here at Military Fellowship Center here in Jacksonville, North Carolina. So thankful to the folks at Grace Fellowship for your support and your love and your special gift this month of the food. Thank you so much, and thank you to all of our supporters. You make this possible. You make it possible for us to do the work we do here. You make it possible for me to bring this podcast out uh, every week, and we are just ever so grateful. So again, thank you to everybody, especially this week, though. Thank you, Grace Fellowship. We love you. God bless. And now, let's get to the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. Hello, and welcome back to Field Notes. I'm Dave Mason, and this week we pick up in John chapter 3 and verse number 8. Last week, we ended with uh, verse number 7, where Jesus said to Nicodemus, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Now, Nicodemus is very confused by all this. You must be born again. He makes this silly question. He, he he had this silly question when he, when Jesus said in Jack, back in verse 3, you must be born again. Nicodemus made this silly statement. What, can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born a second time? And Jesus said, of course not. Um, it, it, you know, you have to have the water birth, and then you have to have a spiritual birth. It's a second birth. It's a spiritual birth. And so we pick up in, uh, back, we'll back up to verse number 7, where Jesus says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And then he goes on and says, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but thou cannot tell whence it came, and where it goes. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that are listening. And thank you for all that you're accomplishing through this Bible study. Help us to understand your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we pick back up in John chapter 3, verse number 8, Jesus is going to give Nick the only explanation possible. And then he's going to remind him that with God, some things are just beyond understanding. And so we have to go by faith. 
Jesus says, the wind blows where it wants to, Nick. And you hear the sound of it, but you can't hear, you can't tell where it came from, and you can't tell where it's going. It's the same way with everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, we know that Nicodemus came by night, and it's evening, and maybe this is one of those evening winds that's just blown, started blowing in, and they're up there in the upper room, and the wind's coming through the window, and they can feel the wind, and 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 uh, Jesus takes this time, this opportunity to illustrate his point using the circumstances around him. And he's going to remind Nicodemus, he's going to instruct Nicodemus, uh, that being born again is a matter of spirit. It's a matter of spirit. He uses uh, this illustration of the wind. Um, and the, the wind, uh, is, is, it's convenient for it to happen right now because it helps him to un- introduce to Nicodemus the concept of the Holy Spirit's agency in our salvation. The word wind here in our verse, and back in the Hebrew as well, it's in the Greek, it's in the Hebrew, the word wind in the Hebrew and the Greek can also be translated spirit. And it is often translated spirit. And so when you see the word wind, sometimes, if if you're looking in the Greek or the Hebrew, sometimes it's talking about the spirit, sometimes it's talking about the physical wind, the actual wind. Here Jesus is alluding to both. You know, he's using that wind as a representation of the Holy Spirit. Because if you look in your Bible, the Holy Spirit is represented by wind, or even breath. Breath is another, and that's a word, the same word. It can be translated breath. Throughout the Bible, you see breath and wind as, as examples, as allegories, as, as uh, representations of the Holy Spirit. Job 33.4 The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. John 20 and 21 Jesus uh, said unto them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, verse number 2. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like of his fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we're introduced here in Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus to the concept of the Holy Spirit having something to do with our salvation. He says, listen, the wind blows where it wants to. You hear the sound of it? You can't tell where it comes from. You can't tell where it's going. It's that way with everyone that's born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a wind. And it changes things. It moves things. Nothing ever moves the same way with two different winds. And so Jesus is introducing the Spirit's work in our salvation. The Spirit comes to convict us of our sin. Before we're ever saved, the Holy Spirit starts working in our lives. Jesus said in John 16, 8, that when the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You can be intellectually convinced by the Bible that you're a sinner. But you can't be spiritually convinced of it, except the Holy Spirit convinces you. He's working on you before you ever get saved. He's drawing you to himself, convicting you of your sin and drawing you back. John 6.44, Jesus says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up at that last day. 
So the Holy Spirit is the member of the Trinity that the Father uses to draw us to himself. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so, before a, a man can, can get saved, the Holy Spirit has to convict him of sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he draws him to himself. He draws the sinner towards himself, towards Christ. And once he receives the Holy Spirit at salvation, then the spiritual things of God open up to him. Folks, you're never going to convince people of certain things. You're never going to win an argument about the Trinity. You're never going to win an argument about salvation, being born again, things like that, with a person who's unregenerate. That person has to be drawn that person has to get saved before they understand a lot of it. Because that's faith. You can't, if you have to understand everything about salvation in order to get saved, none of us would ever get saved. Faith has to come in at some point. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. You hope for certain things, you, you hope things, and that faith is the substance of those things that you hope for. You, you're not really sure about them, but you hope. Faith is the substance of those. It's the evidence of things not seen. And so, until a person humbles themselves and gives their heart over to Christ and allows, by faith, Christ to enter into their life, they're never going to understand all the things of God. And i got news for you, even after you become a Christian, after you receive Christ, you're not going to understand all the things, because... He's God, and you ain't. It's just all there is to it. So the Holy Spirit has to be there. He is involved in our salvation. To be born again, you must be born of the Spirit. You, the wind blows where it wants to. It's that way with everyone that is born of the Spirit. The Spirit draws us to Him. The Spirit allows us to call on Him. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And listen to this. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. You say, so I've got to have the Spirit of God pulling on me in order for me to even call on Jesus? Yes. Because you have to be given faith. You have to be given enough faith in order to call on Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, God hath given to every man the measure of faith. The Holy Spirit woos you, he draws you, he pulls you to himself, he gives you the gift of faith so that you can accept the things you don't even understand yet. Receive Christ and then your eyes are open, your spiritual eyes are open. Being born again is being born of the Spirit. And here's a fact. You cannot be born again without the Holy Spirit coming into your heart to dwell in you. Now, I know there are folks out there who think that the Holy Spirit comes sometime after salvation. It's the second blessing thing. 
But you can't get saved unless the Holy Spirit dwells in you. That's how Jesus dwells in your heart. You say, I accept Jesus in my heart. Jesus lives in my heart. How does Jesus live in your heart when he's sitting on the right hand of the Father in in heaven right now? He's in your heart through the Holy Spirit. And so if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your heart, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. Romans 8, 9, But you were not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So you can't be saved and not have the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. People ask me, do you believe in the second blessing? I was like, yeah, I believe in the second, the third, the fourth. I believe in blessings on into infinity. But I believe that the moment a person gets saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes them into the Spirit, and they become a child of God at that moment, and they possess all of the Holy Spirit they will ever possess at that moment. It's not a matter of getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's a matter of being more submissive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must come in at the moment of salvation because He's your seal of salvation. Ephesians 1.13 In whom also you trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. Once you believe, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you are sealed eternally. Ephesians 4.30 Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life, when Jesus comes into your heart through the Holy Spirit, when you are saved, when you are born again, you are protected. Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation for them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We are sealed eternally. We are sealed protectively. We are protected. There's no longer any condemnation. We are sealed possessively. God possesses us, and He never lets us go. 2 Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. God has you sealed possessively. Once He's got a hold of you, He ain't letting go. You can try to let go, but you can't let go. Try all you want. You're never letting go of Him. He's never letting go of you. You might let go of Him, but He's never letting go of you. And the beautiful thing is, is he's got he's got you in his hands, he's got you in his grip, and he's never letting go. And you can try all you want, but you're never getting out of his arms once you get in him. Because no man is greater than the Father, Jesus said, John chapter 10, verse 28, 29, 30. No man is greater than the Father, and no man, including you, are, you yourself, you can't pluck yourself out of the Father's hand. Isn't that awesome? We're sealed eternally, protectively, possessively. So Jesus introduces this concept of the Holy Spirit. The wind blows where it wants to, Nicodemus. you got to understand something. The Holy Spirit is the agent of salvation. But then he says something else. He says in verse number 8, The wind blows where it listeth. 
thou hearest the sound thereof, but can't tell us whence it comes and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. There's a mystery here. Just like the wind, the born-again experience is strange and somewhat unexplainable. Now today, in our modern culture, we have meteorologists, we have the, the evening weather report in the news, and we even have uh, charts in the newspapers, we have apps on our phones that tells us what the temperature is. It's funny, you see folks sitting inside and they want to know if it rains, so they open up their phone to look, see if it's raining in their town. Step outside. It's, that's a real easy way to find out if it's raining. Go outside. Oh my. But the wind... The wind is still a mystery. Oh, we can scientifically say things about it, about, you know, pressure and this, that, and the other, and it's still a mystery. You can't see it. When you're out there in the middle of it, you can't tell where it's coming from. You ever seen the wind change directions? In, I mean, just seemingly midstream, it just changes directions. The trees are one blowing one way, and then all of a sudden they're blowing another way. When those storms come in, it's amazing. You ever sat around a campfire? And try to stay out of the smoke. How many times do you take your chair and move around the ring to keep your eyes out of the smoke? Because the wind keeps changing direction and the smoke seems to be blowing towards you every time, doesn't it? We can't explain it. It's a mystery. But we can see its effect on things. Like I said, you can see the trees sway. You can hear its sound when it's strong. You can hear the, the wind, but you can't see the wind itself. And it's the same way with those who are saved. Just like every wind is different, everyone who's saved is different. The effect is universal. Things change. Stuff moves. Sounds are made that were never made before. It's the same force, the same action, being born again, but it affects each man differently. It's a mystery. Not everybody... Everybody gets saved the same way, but not everybody gets saved the same way. Does that make sense? Everybody gets saved the same way. If you get saved, you get saved the exact same way everybody else does. It's by grace, through faith, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection. Those things don't change. But the way you receive Christ, the way you accept Christ, you you might have been sitting in a service in a church and heard a preacher preach and went to the front. You might have been sitting in your room reading your Bible. You might have been in a coffee shop listening to a friend. You might have been watching TV and saw an evangelist preach the gospel and there in your living room accept Christ. It can be different. I got saved by myself. I'm sitting on the front porch of our house on the cold concrete steps. I remember plain as day, August 1980. Early morning, dew on the grass. The concrete was a little cool. All by myself, but I had heard the gospel. I knew the gospel. I just had never accepted Christ. And there, by myself early, before anybody else got up, I asked Christ in my heart. It's different for each one of us. Oswald Chambers says, In the beginning of a man's, a saved man's life, Jesus Christ, by his Spirit, has to check you from doing a great many things that may be perfectly right for everyone else, but not right for you. Important lesson there for us. Everybody gets saved the same way, but everybody gets saved differently. God convicts each one of us of different things. Now, are there universal things that we should or should not be doing if we're Christians? Absolutely. But there are some other things that just don't fit into a category somewhere. They're not hard to 
to describe. And, and the fact of the matter is you can, you can just apply biblical principles to them. Salvation is personal, folks. It's a mystery. Each of us is affected differently by gaining eternal life. But each one of us are affected in the same way in that we gain eternal life. The fact of the matter is there's no cookie-cutter explanation to salvation. So Jesus says, here, here's, the, here's the thing, Nick. It's, it's, it's like the wind. You can't explain it. Nicodemus answered him, verse, th- verse 9, John 3, 9. Nicodemus answered him and said, how can these things be? How, how, how can this be? What are you telling me, Jesus? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and not knowest these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man's ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, uh, I don't. I can't believe you don't get it, buddy. You, you've you've studied the law. You're a master of Israel. You, you you're you're a rabbi. You've got the Torah in front of you every day, and you don't get this. Are you only reading the words and not reading the meaning? Nick asked this silly second question: How can these things be? But at the core of it, let's think about this. Let's take us apart for a second. At the core of it, what Nick is saying is, how can you mean that? How can you mean it's it's this spiritual birth? What do you mean, Jesus? What about the law? What about my work to make God glad? I've done all these wonderful things to make God glad, and you're telling me it's got nothing to do with me? Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with God. And Jesus points him back to the prophets. He says, We, we speak that we do know, and we testify what we've seen, and you have not received our witness. He's pointing back to the prophets and reminding him that Israel has never listened to the prophets. When the prophets called for a deeper relationship with God, every time the prophets called for a deeper relationship with God, Israel just persecuted them. Jeremiah, <laughs> my goodness, look at what happened to that poor fella. Jesus says, Nick, you're a master of the Old Testament law. You should know this. Everything written in the Old Testament points to what's going on right now. You know the law. You know you know Amos. You know God doesn't take pleasure in burnt sacrifices. He takes pleasure in a contrite and broken heart. We're talking about the heart here, buddy. I'm testifying. My friends testify. All the prophets testify. We've testified and you still don't believe us. Because you want a checklist. You want a checklist. You want to know you, if I do this, this, and this, then I'm okay with God. And that's what people still want today. They want a checklist. They want to know, what do I got to do so I can go to heaven? Not, who do I have to become? Not, how do I have to serve? What do I have to do? What, what do I have to accept in my heart? No, it's, what do I got to do? Because here's the thing with the checklist. The checklist absolves you of personal responsibility. When you say, okay, so long as I go to church on Sunday, so long as I put money in the plate, so long as I serve on a committee, so long as I do this and this, 
then I'm okay with God. And that means I can do whatever I want all the other times. That's really the key of it. That's what religion is. It's a cover-up. It's a desire to have something to do to make up for the evil you want to keep on doing. That, my friend, is religion. Religion is formal dead churches telling you, show up, say this prayer in this way, do this thing at this time, walk forward here, be uh, be conformed to this, be confirmed in that, be this, that, or the other. So long as you do what we tell you, you can live any way you want. Just make sure you check off the boxes each week. Jesus says to Nick, What I'm telling you, you should already know from the prophets. You should already know this. It's not about religion. It's about faith. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham was before the law, buddy. Jesus says, you should have known this from the prophets, but now you've got someone even greater than the prophets with you. Me. That's what Jesus is saying. You've got somebody greater than the prophets with you. I'm standing in front of you. He says, I've, you know, we've told you these things. We've testified you haven't received our, our witness. I mean, Nick, if I tell you about earthly things and you don't believe it, how are you going to believe if I tell you about heavenly things? And immediately Nicodemus's radar went up. His antenna went up and he went, oh, wait a second. He's going to start talking about heavenly things. How can anybody talk about heavenly things? Nobody's ever been to heaven and come back and told us about it. And Jesus says, well... No man's ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. See, Jesus is the only man who was ever in heaven before he was on the earth. And so he is trustworthy to gain knowledge and understanding in all those things. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wants to. You hear the sound of it, you can't tell where it comes from, where it's going. It's that way with everyone that's born of the Spirit. Next week, we get into the most famous Bible verse of all, John 3.16. Can't wait to go through that with you. Thank you again for listening. Appreciate and love each and every one of you. God bless. I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.